Hey, look. What's up, bro? What do you get if you cross Sonic the Hedgehog and Curious George? Uh, I don't know. Too fast, too curious. <laughs> this week on Another Digital Citizen, Fro, Luke and I will be talking about the news of the week, the pay-per-view Elimination Chamber results, 2018 Academy Award and Razzie's predictions, and we'll be reviewing the film Game Night. This is another digital citizen. is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome citizen. And welcome to this week's uh, Another Digital Citizen. It's a podcast uh, that you listen to with your ears. Uh, hopefully not without your ears. Uh, that would be kind of hard if you listen to the podcast without your ears. Uh, or what, Luke? It would be hard, I guess. Not impossible. If you had eardrums, but no like earlobes. Like that, there's, a, a, there's a gray area there. I think, but yeah, uh, it's it would be possible to listen to a podcast without ears. Just very difficult. Do you th- do you think Van Gogh uh, loved podcasting? That's why he cut off his hair. Uh, yeah, and uh, the thing about Van Gogh, he when he used uh, earbuds, since they had earbuds back then, uh, he, he had he used them twice as long because he only needed one earbud. So. <laughs> History jokes. Hello, Tilla. Hey, Fro. Hey, Luke. Hey, everybody. You, you've never been here? Who are you? I know. I've been hiding. Are you a new podcaster or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm new to this. Yeah. Let's welcome to this strange girl I never heard of. So, how are, how are things going in the England? Uh, it's going very snowy at the minute, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you can uh, understand. Uh, that is so funny. Uh, <laughs> my my girlfriend uh, today, or, no, it was yesterday. Yesterday she t- she showed me in the snow. Hello, Margaret, by the way. Uh, she was showing me uh, that it was snowing in in Manchester, and it was like maybe a little like teensy weensy uh, middle of snow. But it was so nice, and like it, it, it brightens up the space uh, right away if if you you get a little like snow on the ground. Oh yeah. Oh, it does. So it nice. makes it look a lot cleaner. 
Yeah. I, the air gets cleaner, too. Like, uh, it snowed here last week, and there was, like, that one day where the air just smells fresher, like, the sky looks clearer. Snow does something. It really does. And it's nice that mm-hmm. first snowfall, and you're like, oh, it's pretty, but if it lasts three weeks, then you're like, fuck this snow. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. been very... Since my birthday, because we got snowed out on my birthday and everything had to be cancelled. And now I'm this close to giving birth. It's like, no, we're going to get a massive snowfall. Everything's going to stop and I'm going to go into labour. That's not what I need. (laughs) Well, if uh, 1990s sitcoms on uh, TGIF taught me anything, you'll be all right. Because there'll there'll be some kid to save you in an elevator or the back of a car. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Just just what I need. (laughs) So I've just got to pick up a random kid. Just find a random kid. Right, kid. Right, exactly. Someone has seen a little too much movies. (laughs) <laughs> uh anyways uh how's your week been look uh pretty good fast week uh pay-per-view on sunday so a uh, fast week like always i my sister we had a birthday party for my sister on the weekend so it was like do the podcast and then i thursday friday was getting ready like uh helping out getting ready for the party saturday was the party sunday was pay-per-view so pretty much all day me and fro did pay-per-view and big brother which we'll talk about later yeah and then monday i recovered and tuesday i got ready for the podcast and now we're here doing this podcast that was my week it was it like flew by especially especially monday for me flew by because uh i usually get tired after the pay-per-view i usually go to sleep in the middle of the pay-per-view or at the end of the pay-per-view but this pay-per-view, I was so awake that me and Luke, we decided to watch Big Brother final after we watched Big uh, the final, uh, after we watched the pay-per-view. So I was up to 7 o'clock in the morning, and I slept all day. <laughs> did you then ruin your sleeping pattern completely? Of course I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he kind of has to do that to just even watch the pay-per-view. He has to ruin his yeah. sleep pattern. But... Yeah. We some people can just bounce straight back from it. I I can't. <laughs> I used to be able when I was younger. The older I get, the harder it is to bounce back, I think. Yeah. Talking about uh, nice uh, gifts and girlfriends and everything, we have the Book of Margaret here. Uh, Luke has been on a kind of a winning streak that was delayed by the last week uh, because it was a shit list. Uh, biggest crybabies in in WWE. Right, no, the last uh, two weeks the, I've gotten wrong. So I kind of yeah. starting on a losing streak. I got four in a row, and then I've gotten two yeah. wrong. But I think it's because we're, I don't know where you are in this book, Fro, but I think we're windling down to the less obvious lists. So it's a little more difficult. Well, I'm I'm in the all I'm in the beginning of the book. Look, I'm on twenty five out of hundred and two hundred. Oh, okay. So it's just random, I guess. In any case, I'm going to let Tilly pick first this week. So let's get into this list. It is top 10 best nicknames. Many superstars have colorful nicknames that reflect their oversized personality. Who is number one? And what is their nickname? Who? Uh... Uh, I don't know. I've just gone blank now. 
We'll, we'll go Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hot Rod. Mm. Good one. Okay. Um, wrong, by the way. See, I want to go Stone Cold. It's not Sam. Well, that's not fair. You didn't give me any. <laughs> All right. What's number one then, Fro? Uh, the eighth wonder of the world. China. Right. No. Andre the Giant. Oh, right. China was the ninth wonder China? of the world. <laughs> yeah, China was called the ninth wonder of the world. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, okay, she was? Okay, I, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, yeah that's I, why I got I, him confused. I, I didn't live through the Andre era, era so, uh, yeah, that w- I would have never got that one. Number two, Rated R Superstar, Edge. That's a crap nickname, but alright, whatever. Uh, number good three is one... Yeah. Not as good as Stone two, Cold. Three. I mean, come on here. <laughs> I know. Number three, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Andorf, uh, according to Randy Roddy Piper, yes. The Walking Condominium? The what? What? The Walking Condominium? Yes. Right. Not heard of him, it just does. I've never heard of that (laughs) ever, so I'm kind of thinking that that's not right. (laughs) C O N D O M I N I U M. The walking condominium. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What's who's the, what's the King wrestler's Kong name? Bundy. Yeah. King Kong Bundy. Oh, okay. Again, somebody we didn't live through, so yeah. Number five, the dirtiest player in the game, Ric Flair. That should be way higher. Yeah. Uh, the dog-faced gremlin, Rick Steiner. That's a good one. The, the billion-dollar princess, uh, Stephanie McMahon. The Iceman, Dean Malenko. The Glamazon, Beth Phoenix. And number 10, Seb... Seb... <laughs> this is so hard for me to say. The Cerebral Assassin, Triple H. That list sucked. Yep. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I know. Shenanigans. Oh. Cool shenanigans on that list. But thank you. Thank you again, Margaret. For no Stone Cold, no Bam Bam Bigelow, no Ultimate Warrior. Like, what? What? <laughs> Come on. I know. I know. Hey. Have you seen the Winter Olympics this uh, week? Because Ooh, Sayanavod, Sayanavod, we have a Sayanavod. That's our song when we win. And we won the Winter Olympic. You won the Winter we Olympic, won. yes. Yes, <laughs> we won it. We won it. Norway topped so many podiums, they ran out of uh, commemorative shoes. <laughs> German enjoyed a glorious golden fortnight, and the United States women saved their country in the 2018 Winter Olympic. 
There were two, 102 medals up for grabs, gold medals, across 15 sports in Pachang, with the likes of big air snowboarding, mixed double curling, mass start speed skating, and mixed team alpine skiing added to the program. And we won 14 golds, 14 silvers, 11 bronze, a total of 30... Nine fucking medals. That which, is some medals. Which is a record, I guess, uh, of, I think, is that just of Winter Olympics or of, wint of uh, okay, yeah, wi just Winter Olympics. So that's a record of the Winter Olympics for one country to get the most medals. So, yeah, you guys kind of blew everybody else away. The next one, closest one is Germany with 31, which they tied you in gold medals, but they have a lot less silver and bronze. So, Right. So, yeah, and, no uh, way good at being uh, cold <laughs> and still productive. And Great Britain kind of sucks at Winter Olympics, <laughs> apparently. Oh, yeah, I think we kind of suck at normal Olympics as well. <laughs> Germany, 14 golds, 10 silver, 7 bronze, a uh, total of 31. Canada, uh, 11 uh, golds, 8 silvers, and 10 bronze. And as uh, Luke said, uh, and you in the uh, Great Britain, Margaret, uh, no, sorry, Attila, uh, you just got uh, one gold and four bronze. Yes. But it's okay, because it's, it's the taking part that counts, really. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. That's the point of sport, right? Not to win. Yeah, it's, the... yeah, it's all about having fun. And right, everything. exactly. That makes total sense. <laughs> uh, I think you do all right in the Paralympics. Now, Norway has now finished on the top of the medal table eight Winter Games, but this is the first time since 2002. So, yay, Norway! Norway. We're reading some of this from a BBC article. There was a couple other articles on this, obviously, because it's big news. But they have the most obvious line ever, maybe, of all time. The secret to Norway's success, snow. Oh. Wow. In the winter. Ooh. Way to go, BBC. Really hard-hitting <laughs> investigative journalism there. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Britain did come dead last, so... We're not going to be too hyped up. <laughs> Just because they get snow. That's the only reason they could do it. <laughs> uh, well, Jamaica has a bobsled team. That's all I have to say. <laughs> hey, talking about Norway, did you know our uh, country's mm, flag looks like a Confederate flag? It really doesn't. It, it's just got the same colours. Hasn't it? As do many, many, many flags. <laughs> I'm like, how fucking blind are you that you think a confederate flag and a Norwegian flag is the fucking same? Well, if you tilt your head sideways a bit and pretend like you can and see squint? some stars. Yeah, and squint. And if it's moving in the wind as well, and you're going past it in a car really fast. <laughs> and it's it and it's black 
and black outside and you can't really see the flag. Yeah, and you've got your eyes shut. So Seattle author tips off newspaper to Confederate flag flying in their neighborhood and it turns out to be the Norwegian flag, of course. <laughs> Norwegian. Uh, New York uh, Times best-selling true uh, crime author Rebecca Morris was uh, concerned. Morris lived in the Greenwood a neighborhood in, of Seattle and was shocked to see the Confederate flag <laughs> flying off a, fl- a flagpole right in front of the, her house. For no wanting to start trouble with her neighborhood, Morris instead decided to write her local paper, the Seattle Times, to tip them off and see if it perhaps was a story by the flag recently being flaunted and right. or just a throne from her home. So. so this is somebody who's just looking to be offended, kind of, is what's happening here? This yeah. is somebody who's like, I... I'm going out of my way in my daily life to just try to be offended by things. And I see something out my window, and I'm going to construe it that it offends me, even though... I I don't know how you could be offended by the Confederate flag and not know what it looks like. You know what I mean? Like, yep. yeah. if you were somebody who was, like, anti-Confederate flag, you would know what the Confederate flag looks like. Because you're anti-that. But this person didn't even know what the confederate flag or the norwegian flag look like apparently uh like you said she called the newspaper the times drove out to investigate the matter they knocked on the door of the honomer uh donald strangeland to explain to them that he had been flying the flag of norway since the olympics had opened uh, a symbol of pride for an american of norwegian descent that's what the guy said and that is kind of funny because you forgot his middle name and his middle name is norman and Nurmam is Norwegian. If you say that in Norwegian, that means that you're Norwegian. Nurmam. <laughs> oh, right, because okay. it says here, my parents immigrated here in the 1950s. So, that, like, uh, back in the day when you would migrate here to America, if you, you know, ended up on the East Coast, sometimes they would just give you a name, like, because they, they didn't understand your language, so they would just give you some random right. name. Uh yeah, exactly. That's probably how he ended up with that name Norman, because they're like, oh, he came from Norway. I don't understand this guy, so just call him Norman. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Norman. Yeah. Uh, we have talked so many times about self-driving cars and self... Uh, there has to be uh, some uh, rules and regulations but California scrapped safety r- driver rules for self-driving cars. What is this all about, Luke? Right, so before this, uh, Google had their self-driving cars going around in California in different places, like mostly for testing, uh, And but they were required by the state to have somebody in the car at all times to, just in case something went wrong, they would be able to manually override. But California has dropped those regulations and said that uh, since it's gone pretty well, there really hasn't been all that many accidents or anything, uh, no major accidents at all, a few small ones. Um, They've given them the green light to go full driverless and start testing without some kind of backup driver in the car, which is interesting Mm -hmm. move on California's part. Yeah, and a bit worrying given that it's still, they're doing testing with it. 
I think if you're testing anything, you should have a fail-safe. This is a major step forward for autonomous technology in California, said Jean Shamato, director of uh, California's DMV. Uh, safety is our top concern, and we are ready to begin working with manufacturers that have prepared to fully uh, to test fully driverless vehicles in California. So this is really, really interesting. Right, I guess they're giving the they at least fifty companies have been licensed to do this so far. So not just Google, a whole bunch of fifty companies. I didn't even realize there are fifty companies. Uh, testing driverless cars, but apparently Whammo is one of them. I, I know um, Uber was trying it uh, a while ago. What, why does that What's sound Wham-O? so... Why does that sound so rude? Whammo. Whammo. <laughs> I, I don't know. What is it? Uh, Whammo, the self-driving unit of Google's parent company, Alphabet. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> this makes sense then. Right, so I guess Uber is another people, another group that's testing these. Uh, one of these fifty companies, I'm guessing probably Lyft is in there. Who knows who else is one of these fifty companies? I'd be interested to read that list though. But some consumer watchdog groups uh, have been critics against this, uh, saying to control a robot car from afar uh, would put lives at stake. So there are still people that are against this. Uh, and if anything really goes wrong, like. One thing goes wrong, and this could all get changed. But as of right now, yeah. uh, with the testing they've done in the last few years and haven't had any problems, I'm not super worried about it. I think they probably have it down enough. What do you guys think? Uh, I think mm. the future is coming a bit too quick, and I don't trust it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Futurama, so I know how the future will be. So I'm not worried. <laughs> there will always be a suicide booth if I get too worried. Yeah, but what if that's what these turn into? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, we have had some uh, Julian Assange, Julian Assange news uh, lately. Uh, we had heard that there was he was going to be. Uh, um, released, then he wasn't going to be released, then there were some problems with the UK, then uh, back again, and now Ecuador blames UK as talks break down. Aww. Ecuador's foreign minister said to me, you need two parties, Ecuador is willing, but not necessarily the other party, so talks between the UK and Ecuador of the future of Julian Assange as its uh, London embassy has broken down and the South American country foreign minister has said. So, Maria Fernando Espinosa suggested British officials uh, had been unwilling to negotiate over the WikiLeaks founder's potential release. So, earlier this month, a judge upheld the arrest warrant. We talked about that last week, I think. Two weeks ago, uh, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And You're skipping Assange... last week in your head, like you skipped it earlier when we were talking about the the wrestling book. So I think you're just a week yeah. off here, bro. <laughs> I'm a week off. Uh, this 46 uh, year old has uh, been on the embassy since he uh, fears his uh, extradition to the United States for questioning over the activities 
of WikiLeaks if he leaves. Right, so... So this is just sad. Right, the it's UK is just so completely unwilling to even talk, like, be in talks, let alone try to get to some kind of agreement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just, no, no, not, no, not talking about that. Not, no. Got other things to deal with. Brexit and such. <laughs> Which they're doing such a great job about, of that recently, so... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I was just reading an article last night. They, nobody can agree on anything with Brexit, so... Who knows what's going to happen with that? Yeah, it's great fun. <laughs> yeah, so I feel I feel sad for Julian Assange. So I I really do. Right, and the, again, it's this big. is just a, a big attack against the freedom of the press. Is really what it is in my mind more than anything, uh, and it's it makes. Uh, these governments look bad in my mind, at least the UK government in this, and it also in turn somewhat makes the US government look bad, so not that our government needs any help right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're quite bad uh, from the beginning, Luke. I'm sorry to say that. Uh, Brussels mayor ordered detention of detention. That sounds like they're in fucking school. Uh, uh, of homeless during a cold snap. Uh, homeless uh, uh, people sleeping in parts of Bristol will be tain- detained overnight if they refuse shelter to protect them from the sub-zero temperatures this week. Temperatures in Brussels are so uh, fail as low as minus 10 degrees Celsius, 14 degrees Fahrenheit, in this coming week, with strong winds adding to the further shadow factor. Major of Etterbeck, a Brussels neighborhood home to many of European Union's offices, said he would ask police uh, to take all homeless people to a shelter, even if they were unwilling to go. As a consequence, the mayor of Etterbeck has authorized, in case of absolute necessity, the detention of homeless people who are acting in the way that would endanger their safety by refusing shelter. And Terbeck council said in a statement, "This is super, super fantastic, isn't it? It really is. I there. Hmm. (laughs) See, I want to say this is a good idea, but arresting homeless people against their will—that part kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way. I know you're doing it to save their lives, but just the idea of arresting people against their will for no real crime." is a little bit disconcerting. You know what I mean? Surely it's the same as sectioning somebody because they're trying to commit suicide. Like if they were up on the top of a building right. saying they were going to jump. Right. The police guess, would take them yeah. But uh, that's an actual crime. Trying to commit suicide is a crime. So you're at, there's actual crime being committed to be arrested for, whereas in this case there really isn't, uh, in, except for the fact that they made it illegal. Uh, so I, it's a good idea, but... I think it, it's a little, it just feels a little disconcerting to me. Like, in in the large scheme of things, you're saving people's lives, right? But yeah. the way it looks to an outside uh, observer, you're arresting homeless people against their will for no crime. So there, it's like, I, I don't know which, it, uh, if you were to do it, if you were to arrest people against their will for no crime and it wasn't negative 10 degrees outside... 
everybody would be up in arms about it. But, the you know, it's kind of like, yeah. I just feel very strange about this. It's a very strange story. I don't know. What do you guys think? I suppose it depends where they're going to be. Are they going to be putting them into jail cells? Have they got enough jail cells for that? Or are they going to be putting them somewhere warm and safe? It doesn't, it doesn't say, does it? No. Because it's kind of like, you know, if they're taking them to some church hall or something, or a it shelter. It says detention. So I would assume it means going to jail. What do you think, Fro? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I, 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 I kind of like this story, but it's kind of scaring me. It's like, it's both. It's a little of both. I, I feel like you, you, you said it's it's good and it's bad. It's like, yes, they are trying to be careful of 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 uh, of uh, uh, the homeless people. Uh, but <laughs> if you go down I feel into a little split, if you go into the reactions, uh, two days ago, somebody named V responded to this story uh, from Routers. Uh, detained because they refused to go into a shelter? That sounds like a human rights violation. What about their yeah. freedom of choice? This is a slippery slope. That's really what it mm. is. Like, this is, seems good on the outside, but if you just like continue this policy past now, something could go really wrong. So this is a interesting story to kind of be like... I, it's one of those things where like there's no black and white in this story. I don't know what's good and what's bad. It's weird. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, this, 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 this is so, oh, this news. Uh, there's a flu drug designed to kill uh, the virus in a day, and it's approved in Japan. A new drug that uh, makers say will kill the flu, just the virus, in uh, one day called, uh, ooh, Exoflu. I want to say it's Zocfluza, Zocfluza. Yeah, just received a uh, fast-tracked uh, approval uh, that could bring the uh, the store shelves in Japan by main. The drug has a generic name called <laughs> promised uh, to be more better. Yeah, and can treat the flu. But it Sounds doesn't just like, treat the uh, flu, though, does it? It stops it being spread that's the real idea here yeah because it yeah because you still have still go through the flu it's just you don't pass it on to anybody within you take one tablet and within 24 hours you're not contagious right anymore. uh which it, it which it is it, it does kill the virus so i'm guessing it you would probably go through a shorter period of symptoms but you're still going to feel the symptoms of the flu if you didn't take this i'm guessing those symptoms may be longer don't you think, Tilly? Yeah. Whereas this, yeah. it kills off it the virus in 24 hours, and then you continue to have the symptoms after that, even after the fi virus is gone, but you can't pass it on to other people, which uh, in Japan is huge because they have a, that's like, co the co common courtesy of not giving other people a cold in Japan is is a big deal there. They have uh, that, that common, like you see in Japan, you see people who have the, uh, masks on all the time when you see like uh, people like people walking in Japan with the what are they called the little white masks they wear 
Right, and lots of people think that that's just because they don't want to get sick or they're uh, they're worried about pollution or something like that, where most of the time they're wearing those because they're uh, being courteous to everyone else so that they don't get them sick. So uh, there is a... When it comes to being sick in Japan, there's this... They have a different way of looking at it than maybe us... Than at least here in America, we look at it. Where here in America, if you're yeah, sick, they're like... You have a certain number of sick days. If you if you don't if you use those up, you go to work sick and get everybody at work sick. That would never happen in Japan. No, it's, they're very very courteous as a rule. Like Japanese culture, they're very courteous of other people, and this is just another sort of common courtesy, not spreading your germs around. Right. And we've had a really bad flu season here in America. Like I think over ten people, I believe, have died of the flu here. Mostly older and younger uh, people uh, with weaker immune systems and things like that. Where this drug could have probably saved those people's lives. So it's like just yeah. a few months too late. I, I also find it interesting they're putting it out in May, uh, which is right after flu season. So it's a little they kind of missed their timing there, but yeah, it's yeah. been pretty similar over here with. Um... Actually, somebody that I know that's in my age group, so not even old or really young, she ended up with pneumonia after having the flu, and she passed away. And my the people that were looking after my ginger cats, because my cats had moved out, um, my cats are now back because the gentleman of the couple, has um, he's got the flu, and he's ended up with pneumonia, and he's in hospital. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so flu really can... I mean, you don't think about it, especially not just it turning into pneumonia. Right. But that yeah. seems to be what, what gets people. Yeah, you think it's 2018, mm. people are dying of flu? What? That's not, that seems like yeah. they, something that hell? doesn't happen, but it, yeah, it does. Hey, there's this Las Vegas airport letting people dump their marijuana before they apply. I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen this like drug disposal for prescription and uh, recreational drugs. I like this. What happens in Vegas really stays in Vegas. Tourists change uh, catching a flight out of Sin City can now dump their leftover legal marijuana in a medical container set up at the airport. It kind of looks like a the post green, office the... box, a little bit, doesn't it? It looks like a tenant. It yeah, does. Yeah, it looks like a post uh, office. Post. Or like a recycling uh, bin or something. Yeah. The containers were installed last week following a country ban on marijuana per possession and advertised at McCarran International Airport, aiming to keep its complainants with federal law. So, right. So, the whole thing is here. It's legal in Vegas and Nevada in general to have recreational marijuana but if you fly out even if you're flying let's say to another place that has legal re recreational marijuana the plane is flying over the top of states that don't and that's where it could be illegal mm. uh federally mm. so they're trying to keep people from getting in trouble federally and also keeping the airline from getting in trouble federally uh so they're putting in these, what well, they're calling them amnesty boxes, where people will drop their leftover marijuana if they're leaving the state of Nevada. I could just imagine in the back where, like, the guys are 
<laughs> loading up the you know luggage onto the planes. They get a, a hold of the key yeah, in one of these boxes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was wondering that. Uh, just thinking about people stealing the boxes. Well, according to this, uh, the boxes are bolted to the ground, uh, and the that little door. It's just like a. A mail slot where you you can you can put it in there, but you can't reach your arm in there because you open it, it blocks it, and then so yeah, there's no way really to get yeah. to it. But I was wondering if the airport's going to turn it around and try to sell it back to uh, recreational marijuana dealers. You know, just they'll be able to make money off of this. I, I'm wondering if that's possible. That would make sense, but that doesn't tend to be how this works. Yeah, right. They normally get it over to whoever's anti the like it would be the police or the, the federal government agents or something if it's anything like my work here mm. one of my big heroes is coming out with a netflix show soon uh well uh, i love darren brown i've read uh some of his uh books even uh books on type uh, and uh, he's coming out with a new show on netflix uh, called uh, The Push. And <laughs> actually, my girlfriend has met him twice. Uh, I remember uh, uh, her telling me about it. And it's so... I, I love Darren Brown. He's he's the end, uh, end essential cool guy in Magic. I love watching him uh, do things. But uh, it has been somewhat controversial this new show because uh, it's a reality show where it looks uh, into a group of actors that convince one unknowing person to commit murder. And I've yeah, seen this, I don't this. like this idea. Yeah, I, I I've seen this because he's done uh, stunts like this before. Yeah, I didn't like that either. <laughs> so according to this, I don't, I don't... Uh, this guy, it says he's less of a magician and more of an advanced con artist. Uh, from what I've seen, they... Mm, not really. Mm, that's what it says. So I'm just reading what it says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm saying that it's actually not good. That's uh, uh, not really good. Uh, it's probably what they're going uh, off of just from the show. I'm sure you've seen him do magician stuff, mm. but based on the show, it doesn't sound like he's doing any card tricks, bro. Yeah, no, no, he's not doing anything. He's illusionist, right? Uh, so, which is essentially the same as a exactly. con artist. And the other thing about this is he's using. I think he said a group of seventy people. I think is what the uh, the other article said. Um, a group of actors, and they're all uh, in real time working together against this one person trying to mess with their mind enough that they can trick them into actually thinking that they're going to commit a murder, which is actually a fake murder. Um, this seems like a dangerous thing to do with messing with somebody's mind to that, to that degree. Yeah. Well, he's done it before. He's done it before. How have those people ended up? And it uh, went pretty good. I, I Are those people now. still alive? I, I, I... Did they commit suicide? Did they murder somebody yeah. after the show? Do you oh. know any of that? Do you have any of that information? Like, I, like, know. yeah. So don't. And how do they know that the person that they're doing it to isn't going to end up having a psychological breakdown? Exactly. 
I, mean, I know they'll they'll do their like research and things beforehand and they'll go look into people's medical backgrounds and mental history and things but you can never be sure when you're playing with somebody's brain it's just not right and, it's not safe in my and eyes you're doing it multiple times it's not like you're doing this once and you could pick out their one person and then afterwards keep an eye on them or whatever else you're doing this to multiple people and you can do as many background checks and, and mental health checks into their family pat their history and everything else but like tilly said what happens when that one person snaps you know because you did this to them uh and I just don't think I don't find this as something that I would find entertaining as a TV show because it, to me it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, would you watch this, <laughs> Fro, Fro or Tilly? Yeah. Probably not. If I'm honest, I absolutely no problem watching this. I think there's a moral What's issue right? here that. I don't know if Froze. Are, I'm, I don't know if you're considering. I think you like this guy, but are you considering the moral issue here of trying to convince somebody yeah, they're going to murder somebody? I've see, I've, yes, because I've seen him doing it before. I've seen him do do exactly what he's doing here on British TV. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. I have seen no, that one, which is I why I'm absolutely no problem. Okay. You didn't have a problem with that one, no. so you're then you assume you won't have a problem with no. this one. Um, but Tilly, no. did you have? You said you saw the first one. Did you have a problem with the first one when you saw that? Yeah, I had the same worries that I do with this one. I have more worries um, about doing it in America like than I did thing. than I would in the UK because Americans are. Mm, I want to use the word more gullible than most people sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of things that Darren Brown does that I think are, it's... I understand why people really like it, but for me, it's too much. It's too too much manipulating people's brains. And it's just, it's too much for me. I think it's over the top. Like, the, there's no need to do this. It's We know that people can be coerced into killing people. Right. We know that. That's, you know, there's a lot of people in prison that are in prison because of that reason, or at least they say it's that right. reason. I don't think it needs proving. Peer pressure is a real thing. We all know that peer pressure can make yeah. you do a lot of things. Uh, and like I, like I said, I just think there's a moral issue here that needs to be addressed as far as uh, messing with somebody's mind in this way specifically. Like if he was uh, an illusionist or like a, um, what do you call it? Somebody that, like, you know, snap your fingers and I'll make you talk like a chicken. I don't have a problem with that. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. trying to make mm. somebody think they're... Uh, driving somebody to the edge, to the point to where they're willing to murder somebody. You're driving them to, to the edge of, of this, of mental uh, stability. That seems dangerous to me, so. I don't know. If you have an opinion on this... I, 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 oh, go ahead, Fro. No, I, I, I just think that uh, I, I think we should watch the show and then judge it. I mean, I mean, it's it's hard to. Uh, I am the only one that's seen the UK special where he does it, and he does no, it. No, really I've good. seen it too. I've seen that one too. Okay. Right, we just talked about and it. Until he had a problem with it then. Yeah. And I just have a moral issue. It doesn't have to do with how the show's produced or anything like that. It's the moral issue that I have a problem with. So. 
okay. and you could give the person a heart attack. They could literally drop down dead from doing this. From It's basically winding somebody up to beyond the extreme. But you yeah, have like to walking remember. in and telling yeah, somebody. Yeah, now I'm just talking about the special they did in the UK. So I, I just have to preference that. I haven't seen the push. I am. Go- I. I. I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't say how they will do it. But if they do it like they did in the uh, UK one, that was under her hypnosis. This is not going to have anything to do with hypnosis. He's you. Mm-hmm. It. I. I. I read multiple articles on this. He's using seventy people to coerce somebody into thinking that that the best course of action for themselves is to commit murder. He's using yes, and uh, and they are going to push a person out of a ledge. And the thing is, I've seen the uh, UK one, and that's exactly what he does there as well, Luke. And when he pushes uh, someone there, he can't see the uh, contraption this guy is um, in because he's been under hypnosis. So I think there will be some kind of hypnosis because that's what they did with the UK one. Well, at least according to the stuff I've read, they don't talk anything about hypnosis in this show. It's more about using the 70 people to... He all thinks they're just random people on the street or in a store or something like that. Uh, He doesn't know they're actors. And those people, the things they do around him manipulate him into into doing this. That's what the show is supposed to be about, according to what I've read. I've ne- yeah. not saw anything we'll about hypnosis, here. which no. I don't know if that's any better it or says, any worse, really. I think it's worse, because at least if you're under hypnosis, you can be snapped out of it. It's not you necessarily. You know, you can close right. that bit of your brain off and be like, well, I was under hypnosis. But it says here, as Netflix describes it, Brown exposes the psychological secrets of obedience and social compliance He expertly lifts the lid on the terrifying truth that when confronted with authority, our natural instinct is to unflinchingly obey without question, to such an extent Mm. that even the most moral people can be made to commit the most horrendous acts simply because they are told to do so. Right. I guess we will see. Here we go. Uh, This is another little... uh, The push plunges a seemingly unaware contestant into an elaborate constructed scenario involving 70 actors, one devised specifically to encourage him to push an old man off a building. So yeah, this doesn't have anything to do mm-hmm. with hypnosis. So it's a little different than the one you saw, but again, I don't think that has anything to do with I don't think even the idea that it's not a real murder doesn't change the moral thing to me because after this person gets done with the sh- uh, being convinced of this, they have to go on with the rest of their life re- knowing that they if the scenario was real that they would have murdered somebody. They have to go on with the rest of their life after that. So I, I have a problem with it, but that's just me. We agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what this podcast and, is all about, right. really. Oh, yeah. And it's why I put that there, because I knew this was going to be a very uh, controversial issue. So if anybody else yeah. out there has Unless... anything to say about this, because like I said, this is very controversial Another digital citizen at gmail.com. Go ahead and email us there. Do it. And uh, Astrum is going to tell the truth of it, and this fits perfectly together. You can actually watch something else.
This is Trump with Trump Tells the Truth. I have five or six news channels. Tons of newspapers that I subscribe to on the web and tons of news channels. So when I try to have news, I have a broad source from the left to the right. But I have a little problem lately because I want to know what's happening in the rest of the world. Thank God I have Al Jazeera and BBC and so those channels because the rest of them are always talking about Donald Trump. You have a war in Syria now, have gone on for years, people get bombed, the smithereens, it's, it's fucking so horrible. But we are talking about Trump. It's like the attention spans that we always have to talk about him all the time. I also see in on CNN when you always talk about is there Russia the gate? Is there not Russia gate? Is there the Russia gate? Is there not? Blah 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 blah. I'm getting so fucking tired. We had the worst catastrophe ever in Syria. They have a conflict in Ukraine. They have fascists walking the streets of Europe, especially in Hungary and in Poland. We have a dictatorship in China. We have a dictatorship in Turkey. But we are discussing Trump. What well, did this, did Trump did that. Does Trump talking about the NRA? Yes, I know you have a school shooting. Yes, I know you have problems in the country. But not, I said this so many times before, not everything in the world happened in the United States. And you have to start to recognize that. Because we are, the rest of us is getting real tired of listening to you. The only thing you can do something with your country is by doing something yourself. And you cannot always look to that the rest of the world going to be interested in 24-7. Because I'm certainly not. When you have something happen to the United States, it's always the worst thing in the rest of the world. When it's happening to the rest of us, it's okay. Again, can you stop spreading the words of Donald Trump? Can you start discussing him for five fucking minutes and enjoy and participate in the conversation with the rest of the world who are trying to solve different problems? It's not like you have to wait into the next election to get rid of him to go do something or discuss something or broaden your mind with some new information. You just have to do it right now. And yes, I know he's a provocative. Yes, I know he's an asshole. But there are other things out there that's happening. A lot of things happening. So when next time you see Trump on the telly, please... How many hours of... Did it happen something in Russia do you really want to do or listen to? Because it's going to go where it goes in the end. And he's going to be thrown out of the White House. Meanwhile, use your power to do something, read something, and get better informed. This was Trump with Trump Tells the Truth. Have a nice day. That was uh, Trump Tells the Truth. You can watch something else. Uh, we have a uh, email address, it's another digital citizen at gmail.com, another digital citizen at gmail.com, another digital citizen at gmail.com. Have we gotten any emails? This we week? did. We got one from Jeremy. Oh. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, Luke, tell Fro I'm not talk, uh, talking to him until Norway returns all of the medals they obviously cheated to obtain and denying the U.S. their rightful Olympic glory. Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, Norway. God. Clearly, we are better mm-hmm. at cross-country skiing here. And you know why that is? Mm-hmm. 
because we have a way longer because country. Yes, no? There's way more country to ski across. Oh. Even the bits with no right. snow. Right. Texas, great cross-country <laughs> skiing. So Jeremy didn't say remind everyone, also remind him to talk about the wrestling thing? I, n- no. <laughs> oh. What wrestling thing? Jeremy, you were supposed to remind me of the fantasy wrestling. Oh, that. Right, guess what, Fro? He was supposed to remind you of that right. last week. Again, you're a week off here, Fro. You you are stuck, like, in the past, apparently, uh, timeline-wise. Yes. Uh, go to our Facebook uh, group, and you can use uh, a code that uh, 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 Jeremy has posted, and it is to www.fantasywrestlingrumble.com. And it's free, and it's like fantasy sports, like football or baseball or anything. If you've done a fantasy wrestling draft, it is like that, and it's a game, and it's free. And who's the best booker? Yeah. And you can use a code, and you will join the another digital citizen team. Right. Just go to our Facebook so page. There's a link, and the code is there. So. Yes. Uh, what should we do now? We should do our Facebook uh, group, another digital citizen on Facebook. Check it out. Be there or be square. Well, you can be square if you want as well. You can do both. (laughs) Time for Eurovision. Vision, vision, vision. Mal, what should we do first? We should do Germany. Uh, you let me walk alone. You let me walk alone by Michael Schulte. Right. Uh, yeah. You listen to the national uh, German performance. Yeah. I did hear this. No, Tilly, did you listen to Eurovision? No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <But>. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. This Germany, Germany. guy, yeah. uh, as far as I'm concerned, was a very generic, very trite love song that didn't really do it for me. Yep. Um, it was. It felt good. like every other male vocalist love song I've heard ever in my entire life. So yeah, that's what I think. What about you, Fro? No, this is atrocious. This is uh, really bad. Germany is not going to win this year. Uh, this is trite. This feels like something I've heard over and over and over and over and over again before. It is uh, nothing new. I have no clue what I picked. Uh, this this uh, will never, ever, ever, ever win. I'll give it one thing. He is a good singer. I'll give it that, even though the song is not good. Huh. Um, and there is one part that it does pop the crowd a little bit. Uh, but mm-hmm. other than that, like you said, very trite, very generic love song that just... So generic. The lyrics are probably the one thing that's most hindering this song. And then maybe maybe the beat mm-hmm. as well, because it's also generic. But overall, I'm going to go ahead and give this like a one and a half. I'm going to go give this uh, one and a half as well. So we actually agree with the, this week. Look, this is 
This is shite. This is shite, <laughs> yeah. This is oh. very, very bad, yeah. I'm so 1. disappointed 5. that I didn't get to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> then we have uh, Serbia uh, with Senja Ilik and Balkanika with their song Nova Deka. Right, and I yes, assume this is all in Serbian? Yes, this is in Serbian. Yeah, okay. Um, I'll tell... I, I didn't think this song was great, mostly probably because it wasn't in English, so I had a little hard time there. The The two ladies in here are pretty good. I like the chant, like the chanting they're doing, kind of. Uh, they're, it's not mm-hmm. really backup vocals, it's more like backup chanting. And... I won't give my score yet, but I'll say it's getting an af- extra half a point for crazy grandpa, uh, crazy flute grandpa with the leather pants. Flute, flute, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just got to see this video he just for is... that, Tilly. Crazy flute grandpa in leather pants is pretty awesome. He's yeah, I'm amazing. kind of interested in this one. I love this. Uh, look, uh, you, you, you. I, I, when I was, um, because I, I, I've just picked random countries that have come out with their videos. That's how I pick them because, uh, we, we, we are on the road now. So every week uh, there will be a new video and I just pick two, two of the first ones that, that I see. And I have a list over countries we have seen. So I, I, I don't give you them again. So when I gave you Germany and Serbia, it's it was just out of fluke, and um, I I I gave this uh, link um, also to Margaret, and I said, guess what two country like guess which country I hated and which one I loved, and she said I hated Serbia and loved Germany, but I loved <laughs> Serbia and I hated Germany, so. She was strong about that, but she's right about everything else. But uh, 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 it was so interesting. The flute playing uh, is so magical. It's so I love when they sing in the Serbian. Uh, uh, um, I love when they sing in the Serbian tones. I love when they. Uh, 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 bring in their nationality into a song, and that's why it scores so high for me, because it's not only a good Eurovision song, but it also gives me uh, some realness. It gives me some some hope, and I, I think this is going to do pretty good in Eurovision. All right, what do you think out of ten for Serbia, Fro? I will give this a 6 out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3. Uh, I probably would have given it a 2.5 oh. if it wasn't for crazy-haired flute grandpa in the leather pants. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys got to oh. see this because he is wacky. He's like a combination between Doc Brown from Back to the Future and Kenny G and maybe uh, the lead singer of Styx. Oh, wow. And he's wearing John Lennon's glasses. He's all over the place. This guy is, is great. He's going to be a meme. <laughs> once if once they're on 
uh, the actual Eurovision, I bet this guy ends up as a meme. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. This is... Oh, I, 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 I love Serbia. I love Serbia. And so do you. I'm, 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 I'm actually... Yeah. I'm impressed that you gave it a, a three. It is a six on my 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 score. So <laughs> when when Luke gives it three, that is a six on on me. Sure. Yeah. That rhymed. High high yeah. praise from Luke. Have you seen anything on TV this week, Tilly? Why don't you start? <laughs> Who are you asking? I've seen quite a lot, well, especially over the past, God knows how many weeks. Um, Joel McHale has got his new show on Netflix. Which is like the soup was, but it's the Joel McHale show with Joel right, McHale. We talked about it last week. Me and Fro loved it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it too. But I loved the soup. I love, you know, seeing the bad TV and knowing that I'm not watching the worst TV that's out there as well. That always um, makes me a little warm inside. All right. I thought the first but episode was great. The second episode was just as good. Uh,. And I think it's going to continue to be on a good trajectory. And I hopefully we'll come back for a second season. Uh, but we'll see what happens, I guess. The funny part about this yeah. is, like, when it went off the air, Tilly, if you remember, we were we were doing this podcast when the original soup went off the air. And yeah. we talked about how much we did, were, like... Remember they did that episode where they were at, like, a NASCAR event or something? And that yeah. that episode, I was like, this show is getting canceled. And it was like a couple weeks later, it gets canceled. And now we're still doing the podcast, and the show's back, which I think is great. Uh, and I guess a little side side thing, and we'll go back to you, Tilly. Remember when we did a news segment on this podcast that was called The Alex Jones News? And we all found an Alex Jones news article and covered it because we thought it would be funny? Yep. Uh... And now everybody is paying attention to Alex Jones and making fun of him. We're making fun of Alex Jones hipsters, everybody. Just to let you know. Yeah, we, we start the trends. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of bad TV, um, The Dead Files has come back with that Amy Allen and oh, Steve right. DeShavin. They had a clip on the second episode <laughs> of The Soup, right? They yeah. did. I buzzed so much for it. <laughs> when it came, I was like, yes! Oh my god, I know exactly which one this is going to be. <laughs> I knew the show only because we did that one episode on, on the podcast, right? Yeah, and I made you guys watch it, because I love it, and I know it's just atrocious. Yeah, so that's back for season a, a billion. I can't remember what season it's on now. Um, I've finally seen the first episode of Young Sheldon, because that's been put on the uh, all four. Oh, okay, yeah player or od or whatever it's called now it's only it's only the first episode that's been put up there oh but i gave it a watch and it was it was actually a lot better than i thought it'd be i've I've enjoyed it i think that's what me and fro said at the time uh at least that's what i said is that uh we thought it was going to be really bad because it's a spin-off show you know you just automatically think it's going to be bad and big bang theory has gone downhill in the last bunch of years so you assume that this was not going to be good, but it turned out, I think, better than the current Big Bang Theory. Yes, oh, oh, I completely agree with that. Bang. It's a bit Wonder Years. With him doing wow, the yeah, okay. I never put that together, but you're correct, yeah. Yeah, um, and also back to god-awful TV, Mama June from Not To Hot has come back for its second season. And 
I'm, I just, I love it. Again, I know it's atrocious, right. and Dick likes to take make fun of it a lot, but then so do I. And, um, yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much for anybody, but there's there's a whole lot going on in that family. Mama June's about going blind, and Pumpkin's moved her boyfriend in, and there might be a little baby pumpkin on the way. It's, uh... Oh, it's crap. I can't right. say it's anything but crap, yeah. but so was Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> But yeah, this one, this season, Mama June's gonna has been entered into a beauty pageant. Okay, like a <laughs> a beauty pageant for the old older ladies, like they do those kind of beauty pageants. <laughs> yeah, it's sim. It's Miss Miss Georgia something. Something something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's been Honey Boo Boo's entered her into it, and it was a manager that wanted her to do it. So now she's trying to train for this, but she's almost nearly blind anyway, and now her good eyes just messed up. So she's pretty much she's going into it blind. Interesting. So yeah, if everything else, if you watched everything else in the world, watch that. <laughs> Guess what I have seen this week? Ooh, what? The Voice UK. I haven't seen it in so long, and The Voice. Uh, America started this week as well. Oh, okay. With Kelly Clarkson as one of their judge. Last week, tonight is back again. Wait. Hallelujah. Thank God. Wasn't Kelly Sorry? Clarkson a winner of American Idol and now she's a host on The Voice? <laughs> no, she's uh, not a host. She's a judge. Oh, okay. Well, same difference. Whatever. Isn't that a little oh. circular logic to be a winner of American Idol and end up as a judge on another singing reality show? Mm, maybe. I suppose she knows a lot about singing reality shows. I guess shows. that's true. Right. Uh, yeah, so I watched The Voice. Uh, I la- also watched... Um, oh, what is it called with Ant and Deck? Saturday, Sunday... Saturday Night, Saturday Night Takeaway. Saturday Night Takeaway. Never watched it, but Fantastic. I know what it's called. Fantastic! <laughs> so fun! I loved it. It was so fun. They had uh, uh, they had uh, Kylie Minogue on it, and she did her hits at the end of it, and she did her stupid new fucking still atrocious single in the beginning. <laughs> uh, but uh, they fooled. Uh, uh, one of the judges of uh, Britain's Got Talent, Amanda Holding. And it was so funny. So fucking funny. Atrociously funny. I love Ant and Deck. They are so like... they're. they're I, I, I want to squeeze them. They are so <laughs> jolly. Yeah, I, I like them. Yeah, what I else they, I like? they annoy me. Uh, I watched Draw this week. That was interesting. Uh, with a John Cena promo uh, saying, oh, I want to fight, fight the Undertaker, but it's not going to happen. Woo-hoo. Okay, I will go to SmackDown. SmackDown comes up, and he wins the fight on, over AJ Styles. And I'm confused, but I t- still think he's going against Undertaker at WrestleMania. I think. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. Maybe this is all just dependent on if Undertaker's going to get in shape in, in uh, the right amount of time or not. Who knows how what is really going on behind the scenes, but maybe they're just wait. Other on Raw? Maybe they're just wasting time, yeah. also. On the other on Raw, 
the storyline from the pay-per-view uh, with Ronda Rousey uh, continues. So that was good. So that was what I've seen this week on TV. Luke? Well, we saw the Celebrity Big Brother U.S. finale on Saturday, like we talked about yes. earlier in the podcast. Um, yeah. The winner was Marissa, which we were both completely shocked about. And it turns out that most yeah. people were shocked. Because I saw even a, a, Time, a Time Magazine article, I think it was Time Online wow. article, called uh, uh, People Were... Uh, blown away by Marissa's win uh, on on this one because she didn't she, she didn't have any original gameplay it was all Ross and he was the person she was up against uh, she was his follower and somehow they voted her six to three so it was more like yeah. these celebrities just didn't know what they were supposed to be voting for more than anything else but uh, Ross ended up winning. Uh, favorite house, uh, America's favorite housemate. So we ended up winning something anyways. But uh, according to him, Fro, I don't know if you heard this, but when he lost, before they went to commercial, and they came back and they gave him America's favorite housemate, but during the commercial break, he thought that America thought he was the villain of the series because he lost. So he thought Marissa was the good guy and everybody thought he was the bad guy until he got America's favorite. So I thought that was interesting that he was kind of blown away by that. <laughs> wow. He did have the, I thought he had the best gameplay uh, of the whole series. So, Oh, definitely. Oh yeah. 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 He, he deserved to win right. and he didn't. It's win. just these celebrities I'm don't so understand how big brother actually works. Cause most bummed. of them haven't even seen it. So right. bummed. Uh, I finished yeah. saved by the bell, which I didn't realize there were only four seasons. There's only four seasons. And then, uh, the fifth season is Saved by the Bell College Years, which I kind of started a little bit of, um, which is awful. It is ten times as bad as uh, as original Saved by the Bell. And original Saved by the Bell is... Uh, it would not fly on Nickelodeon today. Let's just say that. <laughs> Hi, this is Itch from the King Blues, and you're listening to Another Digital Citizen. It's the 90s Academy Awards, and we will guess the winners. Okay, and it's best documentary, Future. Uh, it's Abacus, Small Enough to Jail, Facing Places, Icarus, Last Man in Aleppo, and Strong Island. What do you think? Fro is not used to there being two of us here, but I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have honestly not seen any of these or didn't know any of these documentaries existed, and I saw a lot of documentaries last year. Um, yep. I'm going to go Last Men in Aleppo, because that seems like it could be a winner just by the title. Oh, okay. That was the one I was going to go for. But again, I haven't seen any of these either. So I'll go Abacus, small enough to jail. And I will go with Icarus, because that's the only one I've seen. Okay. Then we will do best animated future film. And uh, I've uh, actually seen one of those this week. Uh, I saw, I've seen four, Ferdinand. I will talk about that a little later. But Ferdinand... The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, 
and loving Vincent. Uh, Either of you want to go Tilly, first? why don't you go first this time? Uh, I've gone with my five-year-old nephew's favorite film at the minute. It's The Boss Baby. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Coco. Yeah, I'm going with you with Coco. Okay. Then we have Best Adapted Screenplay. And it's called me by your name. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the Disaster Artist. Logan, Police Game, or Mudbound. I'm going to go with The Disaster Artist. Because that was a fucking amazing movie. Any of you? Didn't the guy who starred in that get in trouble recently for some sexual harassment stuff? Mm. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong on that one, but that might be a hindrance. I don't remember. Uh, Tilly, why don't you go next? Uh, I was going to say The Disaster Artist, but as I haven't seen any of them, I'm just going by titles, I'll go for Logan. You know, I'm going to go call me by your name because a lot of these pretentious people probably will vote for it. Don't you think that's a good kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Best original uh, screenplay. The Big Sick, Get Out, Ladybird, Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, Luke, what do you this think? It's a hard one. Um... I almost yeah, don't want to go first really on this one because it'd be easier with less choices. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind going. I've got one. Okay, go ahead, Tilly. Ladybird. There's been a lot of talk about All it. Right. I actually saw mm-hmm. part of that this week and couldn't even make it through the whole movie, Tilly, just to let you know. Because <laughs> um, it was awful. Oh, aren't they the kind of films that normally win these uh, things? Yeah, it, like Call Me By Your Name, which I picked for the last one. It's very pretentious. Uh, I'll go three billboards. Sure, why not? I will. I will go with the shape of water. Then we have supporting best supporting actress Mary J. Blige, Alison Janney, Leslie Manuel, Laurel, <laughs> Laurel, sorry, Laurie Madcliffe. And Octavia Spencer. Laurie Metcalf, of course, the sister from Roseanne. If you guys didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll go first this time I since I first. didn't go last time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go Leslie Manville from Phantom Thread. I will go Elson Jenny from I, Tonya. And I'll go Laurie Metcalf from Ladybird. Then we have the Best Supporting Actor, William Defoe, Woody Harrison, Richard Jen- Jenkins, Christopher Plummer, and Sam Rockwell. <sighs> Sam Rockwell, that's the guy who played the like cop that was a racist, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. I'm thinking, uh, uh, I'm going to go Sam Rockwell. Okay. I will go William Defoe. And I'll go Woody Harrelson. Just because I like him. I do too. I'm a huge Woody Harrelson fan, but he, he... And he was really good in that movie. He just wasn't in a lot of it. No. Best actress, Sally Hawkins, Frances McDormand, 
Robbie Margaret and Sarsay Ronan and Meryl Streep. <laughs> yeah. I'm going Francis McDormand. Okay, Tilly, why don't you go next? Uh, say Ronan. I don't know if I've said her name right, but I know she doesn't mind people getting it wrong. <laughs> and I'll go Sally Hawkins. Okay, then we have Best Actor. That's Timothy Kalamet. <laughs> Daniel Dio-Lewis, Daniel Kalua, uh, Gary Oldman, and Ansel Washington. Okay. Uh, whose turn is it to go first? Yeah. Okay. I've gone with Timothy Chalabay, or however you say his name, just because of how he spelled Timothy. And I guess <laughs> I'll go uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. You uh, picked the one I was going for. You... And your chinchilla was right. Going he for. likes Dan- Daniel DeLewis. <laughs> he was very upset when he retired. I will get Gary Oldman. Yeah, up. that's what I'll... if you would have picked the other one, I would have picked oh, Gary yeah. Oldman anyway. So, I think one of us are probably best director. Yes. Now we will. Now I will say who it is. Best director for Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread. And Gulmero del Toro, The Shape of Water. I will go first. <laughs> Best director. Not you. Chinchilla. I just think the Chinchilla was saying Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> I really, really, really liked Phantom Thread. So I'm going to go with Paul Thomas Anderson. He's just saying that because it's his favorite director of all time. Okay, um, <laughs> just get it. it just kidding, bro. Uh, it is, but it is my favorite director of all time as well. Yes, so. I, yeah, I know. Like it's, it's, it is hard for me to right. go against Paul Thomas Anderson. You're just a, being, a, you're a little biased in this category specifically. I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tilly, am. why don't you go next? I want to go with the chinchilla and say Guillermo del Toro. Okay. I'll go Jordan Peele. I would have gone Del Toro if she wouldn't have, but I'll go Jordan Peele. Okay. Best picture. Call me by, by your name. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Tread, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> and I'm going to say it now. If either Lady Bird or Call Me By Your Name wins this, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to. Oh, this is hard for me because I fucking love. I think it's Paul Tilly's turn to go first. You went first on the last one, so Tilly, why don't you go first? Uh, oh, I'll I'll say the shape of water. Okay. Oh, that's my other. Pick. I'll. Uh, I'm gonna go with the post. I'm going with three billboards. Yeah. Okay. That was the 19th Academy Awards. (laughs) 
It's time for the races. Let's talk about shit movies. Yay! First, screenplay. And we start with Baywatch, the Emoji movie, Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, and Transformers The Last Night. Luke. Um, I'm gonna go the Emoji movie. Ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my pick. Uh, okay. Baywatch. Oh, that's my pick. <laughs> I suppose we could match on one. Yeah, me and, me and Fro matched on yet. one already, so. Yeah, I'll keep Baywatch okay. then. And I'll try not to match on any more. Worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel? Baywatch, Boo 2, a Hallow- media Halloween, Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, or Transformers, The Last Night? Either of you go first. I'll go B2 or Boo 2. I'm a deal Halloween. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that was my pick too. Uh, let me find the list. I've got it in front of me. Oh, bloody hell. Clicked on Daddy's Home too. I don't want to do that. Ah! <laughs> I will go for Fifty Shades Darker just because I hate the Fifty Shades Darker. There's a lot of people hating it. Um, I'll go with The Mummy. I think that's a pretty good choice, Tilly, because I don't even think The Mummy from last year was actually a sequel. So that could be a good one. Mm. That could be the reason that they actually make it win, because it wasn't actually a sequel. So, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, more of a (laughs) rip-off. I can't wait to read this. Worst screen combo. Oh, this is so mm-hmm. Any combination of two characters, two sex toys, and two sexual positions. Fifty Shades Starter. Any combination of two humans, two robots, or two explosions. <laughs> Any two obnoxious emojis, the emoji movie. Johnny Depp in his worn out trunk routine in Pirates of the Caribbean that men tell no tales. Perry, t- no, Taylor Perry, and either of Ratty all dress or worn out rig in Bluetooth and Medea Halloween. I'm so fucking glad that uh, Bluetooth uh, Medea Halloween is there. I'm going to pick that. Okay. Tilly, why don't you go next? Uh, I've gone for the any combination of two characters, two sex toys, or two sexual positions from Fifty Shades Darker. Okay. Um. I'm going to go Johnny Depp for Pirates, because that was awful, actually. <laughs> then we have the first supporting actress, and it's Kim Basinger, Fifty Sh- uh, Shades Darker. I didn't even know she was in it. That's kind of funny. Sophia Botella as the mummy as Ach, Ar- Armenet. Laura Headcock for Transformers last night. Goldie Horn, Snatched. Susan Sandon, A Bad Mom's Christmas? Ever heard of this? Uh, I remember when it came out, but we didn't cover it on this show or anything, so. Oh. Alright, who's first this time? Is it me? I think so. Okay. Um, Kim Basinger, I guess? 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Susan's random. Oh, you stole mine. I only saw okay, then I go- go for it. Okay, then I'm going to go with Goldihorn. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll go for Susan Sarandon. So I remember the trailer for this film, and she was even bad in the trailer. Worst supporting actor, Javier Bardem for Mother, as I call it. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead No Man Tiles, and him and Captain Armando Saldazar. Russell Crowe, the mummy, as uh, Dr. Henry Jekyll, uh, Josh, uh, Dush, Dush Mael, Transformers last night, Mel Gibson, that is uh, home to as someone, and Anthony Hopkins, Clyde, and Transformers last night as Hagen Carl. Okay, Fro, I think it's your turn. Um, uh, I will go with Mel Gibson. Okay. Uh, Tilly? I'll go with Javier Bardem, because there's a big list of all things that he's been in <laughs> that they're putting him in through. Um, Mother! I guess... I'll go Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe... Then we have come three. Uh, we have worst actress: Catherine Hagel, the Unforgettable; Dakota uh, Johnson, Fifty Great Starker; Jennifer Lawrence for Mother; uh, Laura <laughs> Taylor Perry for Boo to a Halloween; and Emma Watson for The Circle. Am I miscorrect? Mis- uh, but did you like the movie Mother from or not? I don't remember. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. It's on here a bunch of times, and I was wondering. Kind of, I was like, I could have sworn Fro said he liked that movie. Now it's on this <laughs> Razzies like a bunch of times. I liked, I, I liked Mother. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't fantastic, but it was, I, I don't understand why it's there. Okay. Uh, so, Tilly, I think it's your turn to go first. I think worst actress is Tyler Perry, because he's the man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I'm going my wing, Emma Watson. Then we have the worst actor. Tom Cruise as the mummy. Johnny Depp as Pirates of the Caribbean. Jamie Dornan for Fifty Shades Greater. Tech Afron, Baywatch. Mark Wahlberg, that is home too. And Transformers, the last night. Must be my turn to go first. Um, sure. Uh, I'll go Efron. I will go Mark Wahlberg. That was my pick, but I'll change it to Tom Cruise. Then we have a worst director, Darren Aronofsky for Mother! Michael Bay for Transformers The Last Night, James Foley for Fifty Shades Darker, Alex Kurtzman Cor- Cor- for The yeah. Mummy, and Ton- yeah, Tony Leo this the Emoji Movie. I will go first and pick the Emoji Movie. So Tony 
Leodis. Okay, I'm going to go Alex Kurtzman for The Mummy. Okay. And I'll go James Foley for Fifty Shades Darker. Then we have Worst Picture. And it's Baywatch, The Mojo Movie, Fifty Shades Darker, The Mummy, and Transformers. Who's first there? Tilly. Uh, I'll go with Baywatch. And then Fro. Luke. No, it's your your next. Oh. The emoji movie. Emoji. Yeah. Okay. You? Um. You picked Fifty Shades, right, F- Tilly? Uh, I said Baywatch. Oh, you said Baywatch. Okay. Then I'll say yeah. Fifty Shades. Uh, we had a pay-per-view this week. It was called Elimination Chamber. We have the results here. Let's talk about it. This is where we spoil it for me because I didn't watch. I didn't get to see the end of Elimination Chamber. Oh, how far have you gotten well, into it? Uh, the Miz has been uh, pinned. Oh, okay. So you got to the end, just to the men's elimination. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we start with the pre-show with Carl Gallows and Carl Anderson defeating the Mist Rush, and nobody wins the point because we didn't know about this. <laughs> Correct. That's uh, who wins in point. Then we have Alexa Bliss uh, defeating Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonja Deville. Uh, Luke? I got a point there. Uh, I picked Bliss. Fro picked Mickey James. Yes, and you get an extra point, don't you? Oh, who, right, because we made a side pins? bet. Uh, who would be... Uh, who, which one of our picks first would pins. go out first? And Sonya went out yeah. second after uh, Mandy Rose, and so I got a point there. So I got two points for that match. Then Cesaro and Sheamus defeated Tatus Worldwide. And we did not bet on that match because it didn't exist. Oscar uh, defeated Nia Jax. Both of us got a point there because we both picked Oscar. Uh, because we are not morons. <laughs> Woken uh, Matt Hardy defeated Bray Wyatt. We both got a point there because uh, we both knew that that yeah, was going to happen. Yeah. We're still not morons. Right. Uh, Bray Wyatt never wins. Never bet on Bray Wyatt. That's like, that's going to be the mantra of the never. show soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't, they hate him. WWE just, just ruined him. Then Roman Reigns defeats Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Seth Rollins, and The Miss. Oh, I don't mind, I didn't, miss, I didn't watch that. Though. Right, it, the ending was not anything spectacular. Oh, Actually, once you get past, uh-huh. once you get towards the end, the nothing really exciting happens. But actually, overall, I thought the women's match was better wrestled than the men's match. So I, I don't, I don't know yeah. what that's really saying or anything. But Fro got two points here. He picked Reigns. I picked Rollins. Uh, Elias goes out second. Uh, Fro had picked Elias, so he gets another point, and I had picked Zena. So. Overall, me and Fro tied with four points apiece. Oh, good. But then we have a tiebreaker, don't we? We Well, 
we had made up the side bets kind of to try to make sure it was a tiebreaker, but we tied on the matches, mm-hmm. and then we both got a point on the side bets, so we even tied there with that tiebreaker, so me and Fro were like, well, Fro was, like we said earlier, he was like, oh, I'm, I might as well stay up and watch Big Bro- Brother with you, because I'm not tired, and we had both mm-hmm. bet on Big Brother last week <laughs> on Wednesday, uh, Fro had said mm-hmm. Omarosa, and I had said Ross, and of course... Mm-hmm. Neither Omarosa or Ross won. Or Ross won. <laughs> Even though Ross got right to the very end, he got second place. Yeah. Um, uh, so We were so sure you were going to win. Right. But, we were so sure. Yeah, we hadn't set up any kind of bet like, okay, if somebody comes in second, you get a point. So that nobody gets a point no, there. So me and no. Fro, even with two tiebreakers, still tied. So we decided we were just going to come up with something together. Uh, and agree on a topic to do uh, in three weeks. Aww. Yes. How amicable. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? <laughs> we tried as hard as I can to, to you... get somebody to win, but yes. neither one of us won, so what are you going to do, really? Uh, we could have gone to numbers. We could have gone to the random number generator and done it that way, but we were yeah. like, F it. it... No. Uh, so what we picked was the Streisand effect. Yes, named after Barbara Streisand. Correct. Uh, the Streisand effect is the phenomenon whereby an attempt to hide, remove, or censor a piece of information has the unintended consequence of publicizing the information more widely, uh, than usual, usually facilitated by the internet. So it should be interesting. A lot of examples of uh, things people have tried to hide from uh, the public and then them trying to make it secret made it more widely available. Uh, It's an interesting little phenomena of the Internet we'll go through in three weeks. Movies! Have you seen the movie this week? Any of you? Mm, No. (laughs) Look. What about in the last three weeks, Tilly? Have you seen, seen a movie? I I don't think I have. Okay. <laughs> I saw a movie, a new movie this week called Mute. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's about a guy who, when he's a kid, he gets his throat cut, so he's he, his voice box gets ruined, uh, so he's mute. Uh, and he's in Berlin in, like, the... It's like a futuristic... Uh, uh, dystopia he's living in uh he's a bartender and he it's kind of a drama kind of mystery because he his girl he works with who he's dating gets kidnapped he thinks and so he has to go into this seedy underworld of this futuristic city of berlin and uh try to find her uh overall i thought it was pretty well done actually uh a netflix movie um it seems like there's a lot of these coming out. Uh, I think maybe kind of going off of the back of um, uh, Blade Runner, maybe, or maybe even trying to set up for uh, Ready Player One. It's this kind of futuristic dystopia right. look and everything. Um, it's uh-huh. another one of those movies, but overall, I'd recommend it. It was a fun watch. Uh, nothing terrible. I give it a 7 out of 10. I saw a trailer for for uh, for uh, Ready Player One. I'm getting more and more and more and more excited for that movie. Kind of scares me. I really, that, really. Uh, yeah. How, yeah. How much? 
I'm actually like really looking forward to it. That I'm it, so looking it's going to kind of let me down. That's what I'm afraid of. But yeah, this movie yeah. Mute has uh, Paul Rudd, Justin Thoreau, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Sam Rockwell, who we just talked about. Um, yeah, and a whole bunch of other people that you would know. Oh, it's got a lot of really good actors. So uh, just on that alone, I would recommend it. Justin Thoreau from what I will call one of the best TV shows in newer history. Uh, yeah, definitely. I would I would say so. Oh, so good. Uh, why can't we talk about that instead of oh, uh, spoiler alert for people in in the future. Uh, we're not going to cover Alone Together because guess what? There was no Alone Together this week. Because I thought of, you were saying ever then. Because of well, Olympics. We don't really know why it was, but I'm assuming it's because uh, the Olympics were the, like right at the same time. Yeah. They probably didn't want to get a really bad rating, so they just bumped it to the next week. So, yeah. Makes sense. I've seen them uh, two movies this week. I watched uh, one at the cinema, uh, and uh, I watched uh, a little independent movie you never heard of uh, called uh, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, a little, a little independent movie from Marvel. Uh, I will give it seven and a half before I talk about it because the big. Beginning is a little trite and done before. I like I've seen this before in Marvel movies. They follow um, what I would call uh, a storyline that is for me like okay, I've seen this before. Do something original, and then they do that something original. But it, it felt in the beginning it felt a little like trite and done before like I said before it's a superhero uh, movie like I, how many superhero movies have we seen in the last 10 years and they all have yeah. the same formulaic storyline so yeah I know what you're saying yeah. but it's it's not a bad movie giving it seven and a half it's it's not the bad movie but is it better but, than uh, but is it better than the Wizard of Oz according to Rotten Tomatoes probably not no, 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 no. It's not better than The Wizard of Oz. But then I saw uh, Ferdinand. And why did I see Ferdinand, you think? Because John Cena was in Ferdinand. Oh, yeah, I forgot. As Ferdinand. Yes. So I had to I had to watch Ferdinand. And I love uh, about the Bill Ferdinand. Hey, let your kids see this. This is an amazing fucking movie. I love the crap out of this movie. <laughs> I will give it a nine and a half out of ten. Oh, nice. Wow. I love this That's movie. a highly recommend, everybody. Such a, that's a... Uh, such a nice movie. Yeah. Now, we will do the trailer for Game Night. Ooh. That house looks familiar. Is it... Yeah. Isn't Is this that the same comedy? exact house from Daddy's Home? Probably. Uh, no, this is not a comedy, bro. But, it, I mean, it has Jason Bateman in it, so you would think it is, but it doesn't... I don't think it is. Oh, that's the guy from Westworld, bro. Yeah. 
It's comedy as well. Oh, okay, so it has a little comedy going on, yeah. Uh, or it just has Jason Bateman in it, and he just makes it comedy, kind of. I think it's got Sharon Horgan in it as well. She's a comedy actress. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And Chelsea Peretti's definitely a comedy <laughs> actress. Yeah, this is a comedy. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a comedy. Yeah, I didn't think it was. I thought it was uh, a thriller. But it's apparently a thriller comedy. <laughs> oh no, he died! Haven't you ever seen the videos of those people that get sucked into plane engines and then just pop back out mm. and they're fine? Mm. No. Yeah, that's real. How do they just pop back out? Uh, I, at least with the big ones, I think there's just a space where people fit, can fit through or whatever. Mm. So, Luke, what is this Oscar-nominated movie about? Uh, Game Night. Uh... Max and Annie's weekly game night gets kicked up a notch when Max's brother Brooks arranges a murderer mystery party complete with fake thugs and federal agents. So when Brooks gets kidnapped, it's all supposed to be part of the game. As the competitors set out to solve the case, they start to learn that neither the game nor Brooks are what they seem to be. Oh, okay. That actually sounds kind of interesting. Uh... Yeah, according to this right here, Fro, at least on Google, it says mystery crime film. So it doesn't mention the comedy at all. That's why I didn't think it was a comedy. Just, but we should have assu yeah, we should have assumed yeah. when it had uh, Jason Bateman in it that it was a comedy. Obviously. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. Yeah. He can't be serious. <laughs> so Taylor, where have you found your review on? On Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Kirk R, <laughs> give it one and a half stars. Poor directing! Exclamation mark. Every single potential comedy moment was ruined by beating the dead horse again and again, trying <laughs> to milk every single moment out of each gag to the point where jokes end up flat. So there's beating the dead horse and milking it at the same time. Everything was repetitive and trying too hard. Boring and flat direction ruined an otherwise viable script. The Coen brothers would have rocked this script. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mention, but uh, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. So actually pretty yeah, good score. a lot of love. I, I found a lot of love on this movie. Look. I went to the Facebook. Uh, pretty standard Facebook, not a whole lot going on. It wasn't like overly active or anything. But I got one. I got a good one and a bad one. What do you want first? Good. Tilly. Yeah, give us the good, then we can finish on the bad. Yeah, okay. 
Ryan Carter says, I have to say, the best movie of 2018. Very funny, witty, and great cast, too. Also, it uh, it has the guy... To, it, it says it... Also, it has the guy to the new girl. But I think he means from the new girl. Uh, and Gina from Brooklyn Nine-Nine in it. It's really a shame that it didn't do so well in the box office. Highly re- recommend this movie. 10 out of 10. And then I got one from somebody who didn't like it. Gary, uh, Brandon Gary says, That is far by far the most overhyped movie I've ever seen. Slow, predictable, lame comedy. Who's giving the movie uh, rave reviews? What a waste of time. One out of ten stars. So, <laughs> there's your two ends of the spectrum. I have a... Uh, a review from someone that hasn't left his name. And he gave it one star. I sat for an hour and had laughed twice. Left. The movie is horrible. It's full of cliché. It's stupid people I found myself longing for a root canal. The idea was clever, but so clumsily directed, edited, and acted, it was unwatchable. High school play may have been acceptable with this shabby quality of performance and delivery, but I did uh, but I did only bother of one of my kids was in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I found that one well, as well. Yeah. He, he wasn't very impressed. <laughs> nope. I don't know, from the trailer and the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, and some of the good reviews I've seen, I would see this movie on Netflix. I don't. I'm not going to yeah. go to the theater, but once it's on Netflix, I'll watch it. Yeah, there's a lot of Definitely. the negative reviews say just wait for it to come out on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you marry up the positive and the negatives, it's a give it a go. <laughs> give it a go. I totally yeah. agree. Uh, it's Nintendo Adventure Book Time, and it been so long so uh, let's have a little like recap what has happened before do you i don't even remember it's been so long uh where we are i remember we were in a cave and then we got out of the cave and then we got knocked down by the guy the guy that's on the cover of the book remember and i remember luigi got lost at the very beginning we haven't found luigi again yet Oh, and then yeah. I remember the last thing we did, Fro. We were in... We fell down into another cave, or into the same cave, or whatever, and we saw the thing on the wall that we almost... Re- it was said, restart, or keep going, and we said, keep going. That was the last thing we did. Remember that, Fro? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, I start this off. Are we ready to do this? You do. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. What are we going to do? Toad cries. There's a cave over there! Mario points to a crevice in the valley wall. Let's run for cover, then we'll talk about how to rescue the king. Right, the guy in the blender thing stole the king. We forgot about that. Cooper troopers and other creatures try to block the way, but Mario and Toad manage to dodge their, their enemies till they reach the cave mouth. Now the mixed-up troop can only come from at them from one direction. Mario tosses a turtle shell away. 
it strikes a floating block, and three gold coins fly over to Mario's pocket. Oh, we've got some coins. Suddenly, from overhead, they hear a thwip, thwip, thwip sound. Then Mario seems a strange, enormous flying machine land on the valley floor. I'll be! He exclaims. It looks like a, my mom's old kitchen mixer. A bit bigger, though. Out of the cockpit hops someone tall, green and scaly. It's Bowser Cooper, the evil king of the turtles. He tips his crown to jaunty angle and slides down the machine. When they see him, Bowser's mixed-up troops rush to the turtle king. Uh, I guess I'll do this. Boss! Boss! Yell the two troopers carrying the king. Look what we got! <laughs> Bowser rubs his hands as he gloats over his prisoner. How do you like my boy Igor's newest invention? He asks the king. I call it my monster mix. I put two people in, and they come out as one mysterious mixed up. Bowser, the king... according to Fro, sorry, but is, uh, I think, uh, a vampire. Russian. But... Yeah, Russian from Transylvania. <laughs> yes. The king shrugs scornfully. Who needs a machine? Oh, no, that's, oh, no, that's a king. That's, uh... Who needs a, machi- needs a machine for that? He says. I'm always all mixed up. Bowser pays no attention. Instead, he points to his crazy-looking troops. I've been doing a little experiment, but now I'm ready to start my master plan. I'm going to ready to start my master... Oh, I'm going to use the mixer on the Mushroom Kingdom. He starts up the mixer and the bowl starts spinning. A weird wave of dizziness spreads out in all directions. Even in their hiding place, Mario and Toad are hit by it. Suddenly, Mario feels horribly mixed up. It's all he can do to remember his own name. Setting up my series near my cat. Uh, no, this is, ba- my... oh. this is Bowser. Oh. This is Bowser. You're Bowser. Isn't that you? <laughs> Am I? Yeah. No, oh. is the, the up my series near my your castle gave my only kid Lemmy a chance to sneak in and kidnap people. Bowser shouts over the clanking machinery. He continues. I have. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have a special experiment in mind for you, King. He turns to his troops. Where's Elmo? <laughs> What's Elmo got to do with it? Yeah. We're in Sesame Street now. No, you can oh, tell man. when this came oh. out because these are all the this are the the uh Lemmy and Elmo are the first two bosses in Yoshi's Island. So you can tell when this book came out, oh. kind of. Yeah. Uh, oh. Smiling evilly, he explains Red Koopa troops are very stupid, and Elmo is the dumbest of them all. I was wondering that uh, would happen if I mixed you and Elmo. Oh, no! Toad whispers wincingly. All the troops crowd around eagerly. Toad stares at the Cooper creatures. I guess we should wait here and see what happens. He says. Maybe we'll get a chance to rescue everybody who's been kidnapped. Mario shakes his head. 
the dizziness wave still has him all mixed up. Wow, sir, any troops have forgotten about us, he says to Toad. I think we should rescue the king. Then Mario's collected three coins. If we think we should save the king, we go to page 38. If we think we should stay put, go to page 77. I said save the king. I agree. What do you think, Tilly? I think so too, although normally Mario's ideas end up with us in trouble. But Seems like that should... has happened so far in this book, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mario's yeah. just an idiot, but this time he might be right. We were a little rusty there, but that's fine. We haven't done this in a while. So... Yeah. Hey, Tilly, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, It's a bit preemptive. But tomorrow I'm going for a photo shoot with a company called Zigzag Photography, who are doing okay. me a pregnancy shoot for free. So, oh, cool. Zigzag Photography in Leicester. Next week I'll let you know whether they're any good or not. <laughs> um, just westcoastwrestlingconnection.com. Go check out the TV show. Um, if you want to hear me talk more about Elimination Chamber with... Someone called Wrestling Man, aka uh, my good and best friend in the world. No, he, well, he's one of my best friends in the world. Go and listen to that wrestling show. Do it. Uh, you can also go to audibletrial.com slash another digital system. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital system. Or as a British person says it, audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. <laughs> That's how a British person says it. Yeah. Next, this one does. <laughs> next week we will talk news of the week, Fastland predictions already. Oh my gosh. Oh. oh. I mean, That's true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh -huh. coming up uh, this next year, it's going to be one pay-per-view a month. They're going to... But... They're going to be dual bra oh, dual branded, so every pay-per-view is going to be SmackDown and Raw. Uh, they're also oh. all going to be four-hour plus a pre-show pay-per-views. Um, and so this next year of pay-per-views is going to be much different than this last year. We're going to have a lot less of them. So. Uh, well, at least. <laughs> uh, then we will do the 2018 Academy Awards uh, and Ressis results. Alone together, episode 7, if it comes back. <laughs> Another digital review of Death Wish from 2017 version. And we will do what uh, Luke picked for his topic, the history <laughs> of Eurovision. Because that's uh, what he loves more than life in itself. Yeah, it definitely wasn't Fro that picked this. But I'm kind of interested to do it, uh, because I, yeah. I we've covered it so much, and I actually don't... I've talked about it enough at this point that I'm like, what... I don't actually know the history of what I'm talking about, but I, I, you know, I know music well enough to be able to talk about songs. So, yeah. So that is going to be cool. Ah, it's been another digital citizen episode 140, no, 125. That was <laughs> I was going to say 45 there. I was going to say, how long was I gone? <laughs> <laughs> Episode 2,168 there uh, in the box. <laughs> uh, 
from Norway and from the United Kingdom and from the uh, United States. This has been another Digital Citizen. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. 